It was his general practice that every Thursday <coughs> he would come all the way from Deoban to Gango. Sheikh Ulhind Rahmatullahi was with Sheikh Gangoi Rahmatullahi. He used to come all the way to Gango and come on foot. Deoban to Gango is not Spingo <coughs> Beach and Spingo Hills. Like something like about 17 miles. So in any case, this was his common practice and his routine. One day he was, <coughs> according to that particular timing, he came to Gango, but it happened that at that time the urs that normally would take place in Gango at that mazar was at that was in full go. So when he came, it was a Gangoi Rahmatullah's place, he opened the door, saw him, asked him, how are you here today? So he said, well, I've come according to my normal mamul, come to visit you and spend the time in your company. He said, but don't you know that this course is taking place here today? He said, no, but I didn't come for that. I came to see you, I haven't come to be part of that bid'at in any way. My intention is totally and purely to come and be in your company. So I replied to him and said that, but you came to the same path, the same road, obviously, the road is common. The road that the others are using to come to the mazar and to come to be part of this urs, you had to come on the same road. So you were part <coughs> of that same crowd in the on the road. So you added to the numbers, outwardly it would seem that you also going in the same direction. Your intention was different, but you also, to the person who is just looking from the outside, this is what will appear, that you are also part of the same thing. And the Hadith Sharif is clear, Man kathara sawa the qawmin fahuwa minhum, the one who adds to the <coughs> numbers of a people. That he's counted as among them. So if something happening is happening which is not in order, and you are part of that place, you're sitting there, you're part of it, though you're not participating actively, but you're there. So you're also adding to the glory of the event. So you also are counted as part of it. The Hadith Sharif, the, the Nabi Salaam says, Man غاب عن معصيتين فكرهها من غاب عن معصيتين فرضيها كان كمن حضرها the person who was not at a place where some sin took place but when he heard about it he was not there but when he heard about it he was happy about it he felt if not happy that it happened he didn't feel that this was something serious or wrong in fact he perhaps Felt like I should have been there also. So though he wasn't there, he is counted as being there. Meaning he will also be sinning to a point. Party to the sin. <coughs> and the person who by chance happened to be there out of no choice of his own. Something just happened. While he was there, it just happened. But he detested what happened. So kana kaman ghaba anha. 
is like the person who is not present, meaning not party to it. Now you walking along, it's of your choice, you're coming along, all these people are coming. So you're adding to the numbers of the people. So this is something that is totally incorrect. So he said, well, fine, whatever it is now, you go immediately. Return back to the open right now. Now he's come from so far, it's not a small distance, long distance. Come on foot. So now you go immediately. So he immediately left. As he's moving out of Gango, some student of his, because he was the Imamul Ulama of the time, and the Ustazul Asatiza. So as he's leaving, one student of his happened to be also living in the same area. So he had already realized that he came and he's already leaving. Told him whatever the issue is, now you're going. Now you've come from so far, and now you've got such a long journey back. So just quickly come and have a quick meal and then leave. That's everything all ready. So you just come in without delay. You have the meal and then you carry on. Now, outwardly there was no problem in that. Because it was an order. It was just to come and have a quick meal and carry on. It's not that he's going to stay. He's told to go away, so he's going. But his response was that Gangui Rahmatullah told me, Abhi wafas jau. Now, if I stop to first have this meal, I won't be fulfilling this abhi. Go right now. Because I'm delaying that. I'm still waiting now, I'm taking time to eat. So I won't be fulfilling what I've been instructed to do. So he didn't stop. He didn't wait. Now, he had come. He would have definitely been very hungry, would have been very tired. But the instruction was, Abhi wapas jao, because that was it. He couldn't do anything else. He had to keep to the letter of it. Now, outwardly, these might sound like extreme examples, or meaning extreme responses. Now, this couldn't have been what was required. This couldn't have been what was intended. If he had that meal and to anybody's going to make an issue about it. So maybe that might be to an extent in order also. That if supposing now he just stopped on outskirts somewhere and had a quick meal and carried on, nobody's going to probably take that as an issue. But this very close adherence to whatever the instruction was of their seniors, that is what after all brought them to that level that they came to. It wasn't that it just happened like just some wish and some just happened, they came in, they reached those heights. Obviously, all the various abilities Allah had blessed him with, all the sifat and qualities that he possessed, all that plays his part. But a very big ingredient in all this, and a very, very key factor in all this, is this itaat, and this total reliance and obedience to the seniors. And to the extent that they submitted themselves, to the extent that they handed themselves over, and all kinds of halat, all kinds of conditions come on anyone. Some very challenging situations sometimes, some very confusing things sometimes. It's a person feels that this is the only way I can do this. If I do it some other way, it's going to be a problem. Now he's getting the instruction, you do it something else. So find whatever the 
what he wants to suggest, he'll suggest. But after all that is over and done, if the decision is something and he has that reliance and confidence and he hands himself over, this is what these people did. And that is what brought them to the level that they reached. So one was, they number one had somebody who they took as a guide. But it wasn't just something for the sake of namesake, for the sake of just saying, well, okay, we also did something. But it was a commitment. It was something that they then took very seriously. It was something that they held on to firmly. It wasn't just a half-hearted thing. So that, the end result of it was this progress. So the same procedure throughout time, this will remain the same procedure. That to the extent that somebody wants to proceed, progress in his ilm, progress in his amal, progress in life in general, then in any field it has always happened in the guidance of somebody. And one is now, you say, no, okay, now the person became farir now. So farir meaning what? So now he's become an alim. That is in terms of the awam, in terms of the general public, we would be regarded as ulama. But the question is that one is the istila in terms of the awam. That the person who has now gone through a certain cause and he has graduated from that cause, then this is a title that he will be conferred with and he'll be called an alim. So we've got to respect that sentiment of the awam because their deen is attached to that sentiment. And it is on that basis that they take their deen from the people who have learned something and then they move on in deen. You break that, their deen will break. So we respect that sentiment. But for our own purposes, can even we claim one fraction of being uh, entitled to be called an alim. So this is still a lifelong thing. In fact, to call ourselves talib ilm also would be a big claim. We're trying to be talib ilm. We are talib ilm too is like a big claim. Yes, we're trying. Allah make it happen, we become. So now when a person is trying to be a talib ilm, one is okay, he became farir, meaning he really became an alim. Now when he really became an alim, now fine, if he is just taking some mashura wherever he wants to sometime and it becomes a need. But he is now to a point, okay, he has gained that firmness, that well-established, that mastery. But how many, can we say we've come anywhere to one fraction of that yet? Even if he becomes so-called farir and mutakhassis and all the various whatever other titles we want to take after that, but all that we still have probably come onto the stage of learning. <coughs> but coming alim is still a very far away thing. So which means that we need that direction and guidance of somebody for a very long time. And perhaps our life will finish off. We might not yet reach anywhere close to that point where we can say now we have reached a point where we don't need that direction above us. So to the extent that we understand this, we digest it and we adhere to it, to that extent we'll find this, this flowing for us, this good flowing for us throughout our life. That we'll get saved from many pitfalls in our, whether it's our work situation, whether it's in our whatever service and khidmat of deen is concerned, whether it's in our personal lives, whether it's in anything, whether if somebody is in some worldly 
worldly meaning some activity of acquiring his earnings, whatever the case is. <coughs> but to the extent that a person has understood this and adopted it, taken it to heart, find he'll get saved from major pitfalls, major disasters, and where sometimes some problems have already happened, that direction and guidance that he has committed himself to, Allah Ta'ala puts that barakat in it. That becomes a means of finding solutions out of things that seem like this is a lost case. This is a barakat of that. So this is something which is a very key thing, very key factor, which we should always remember throughout our life. That we are, we need this, we require it, and not just a half-hearted, just a cursory thing, but in a committed manner. Mm-hmm.